Today on episode 6 of 30 Days of Plight, I pretty much lose my mind for about 10 minutes. Welcome to 30 Days of Plight, your horror movie podcast where we review random fright flicks from a popular streaming service. As always, I'm your host, Jay Simba, and oh man is my geek blood boiling in regards to today's review. But before we get into that, let's take a stroll through our horror hype. So kicking off the hype, we have the announcement that Macon Blair has been tapped to be the director of the Toxic Avengers reboot. For me, this is a combination of two things I love. The first being Murder Party, which if you want to hear me talk about Murder Party with other people, then look up the podcast Werewolf Ambulance and episode 105, where I discuss that with my friends Katie and Alan. I'll also throw a link in the show notes. And the second thing I love, Trauma Films. Although, I've honestly fallen a bit off from them due to some problematic statements made in the last year by Lloyd Kaufman, but I'm definitely excited to see what Macon puts together. Second, I mentioned before that I run a D&D campaign at my job, and while the initial one is wrapping up, I'm in the process of writing a newer and longer running campaign called Fearless Vampire Killers, which is going to be a Castlevania adjacent storyline. So bringing in a bit of Ravenloft, a bit of Curse of Strahd, and a lot of Castlevania as I've been going through the lore on that, which if you haven't taken the time to learn everything there is, there's a ton of shit in that world that I never even pieced together, and it's it's fascinating. You can find some really great videos of that up on YouTube if you're too lazy to just read stuff, so. Finally, my husband dusted off our Magic the Gathering cards, so I'm minorly excited for the upcoming War of the Spark set. Uh, this isn't really horror-related, except for the fact that I mostly build zombie decks. So the set isn't any Innistrad or Eldritch Moon, but maybe a few drafts will change my mind and I'll get more into the new set. Let's get set for our dive into what may be one of my largest rants I ever have on this podcast as we talk about the 2005 film Doom. So this is based off of the video game by id Software and stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson. We start the whole thing out in a facility on Mars with a bunch of scientists running from something that we don't really get a good look at. Nah, wait. Wait a minute. I, I gotta back this up. This movie opens with me thinking that the sound is broken on my TV because it has the worst audio mastering ever. I had to turn everything up three times my normal setting just to hear the regular dialogue. This is supposed to be Doom the movie. It should be nothing but loud moans of the dead, shotgun blasts, and exploding toxic barrels. Instead, it's mouse farts and talking. Okay. Everybody dies except for Dr. Carmack, which I assume is meant to be a nod at Doom creator John Carmack. Only in this case, the character's name is Todd, so maybe they didn't know John Carmack's full name. Whatever the case, Dr. Carmack puts self-preservation above everything else, and for it, he gains a dismembered female arm. 
enter the rock and a group of the most unlikable people I've ever met. We have uh, Fake LL Cool J, uh, The Rookie, uh, a pervert from a Tarantino film, uh, the beefier black guy, uh, the overly religious guy, and the generic Japanese man who really isn't in the movie that much. The only person to note besides The Rock is one marine that is the brother of a forensic archaeologist up on the Mars facility. After about like 20 minutes of the marines not fucking being on Mars, they finally get there and begin to assess the situation in the facility. They're greeted by a gentleman named Pinky, a half-man, half-segway of a person. And uh, he comes into play a little bit later. Uh, if you're familiar with Doom, you already know that that name is pretty much a dead giveaway for what's going to happen later. But a lot of stupid shit does happen. The perv guy takes cringe up to like 20, and they eventually figure out that the creatures they keep coming up against are mutated humans left from some sort of experiment or a civilization that worked under Resident Evil 5's Las Plagas rule. I, I don't even remember and it's I don't care enough to look it up. It's basically, you either become a superhuman or you become a gross mutated monster. The Rock says to kill everybody. The rookie disobeys that order and gets killed for it. And then that leaves the brother to become the hero and eventually fight a mutating rock. Said fight ensues, brother wins, and I die a little more inside from watching this. Fuck. I don't I don't even know. I don't even know where to start with this. Okay. The hero of Doom is literally just known as Doom Guy. He is a faceless, voiceless space marine. That responds to a distress beacon and ends up fighting possessed soldiers and literal demons from hell. This movie had one throwaway line where they mention this being a doorway to hell, but it's meant in the figurative sense, not the literal sense. This is goddamn doom. It has the easiest premise to do when you done fucked it up. Where are the demons? Where's the giant mechanical spider brain thing that you fight at the end of the first game? Why don't the imps shoot fireballs? Where are the goddamn lost souls? You waste a ton of stupid CG money on jelly doors, but none to make the most goddamn metal thing ever? A giant flaming skull? Fuck. We have a first person sequence where they try to pay homage to the actual game, but it looks more like some shitty Sega CD game than the source material. It doesn't even play the song at Doom's Gate during it. You get the rights to the game and you don't get the most iconic song? And you throw in the chainsaw like that's gonna placate me? I'll use my dick as a chainsaw and slap that stupid look off your face with it. Probably even bigger than that is the BFG. It doesn't stand for Bioforce Gun. It has only ever stood for Big Fucking Gun. And the fact that you have the rock whisper it once while getting it doesn't fucking just, oh, it doesn't calm this geek rage that I have. <sighs> okay. Deep breaths, calming breaths, and alright. The only saving grace that I can grant Doom is that it is visually fitting for the source material. I do wish they wouldn't have leaned so hard into the literal visual darkness of 2004's Doom 3, 
but I guess they worked under DC rules and thought the less a person can see, the edgier the film becomes. And the outside shots of Mar the Mars facility, uh, the fact that the BFG is just floating in the air waiting to get picked up, and even the design of the imps all look pretty great. Well, Pinky Demon, nah, not so much. But they tried, like, they, they gave it a shot. Ah, <sighs> fuck. I avoided watching this shit show since its release because I knew it was going to be bad, but I didn't realize it was going to be this bad. I fucking love the Doom series. I can look over at my bookshelf and see the first edition releases of the four Doom paperback books that I bought new when they came out and a pop figure of Doom Guy right now, so I'm no fucking casual when it comes to this. I will never watch this mess again. Fucking never. I give Doom zero caco demons out of five. And with that, another show comes to a close. Join us next week when we review 2017's The Lodgers and a screener copy of 2013's House of Forbidden Secrets, uh, which is being released by Unearth Films. If you have a question, request, or just want to say hi, you can find us at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Gmail, all at 30 Days of Plight. That's 3-0-D-A-Y-S-O-F-P-L-I-G-H-T. You can also find us on our website, 30daysofplight.com, where we have over 350 written horror film reviews. This podcast can be found on Stitcher, iTunes, and Podbean. If you enjoyed it, please tell your friends and take the time to give us a review. So until next time, I'll be right back.